Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 12 years, 11 good ones, and have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and a real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Woohoo. It's good to be back. Welcome to episode number nine. Number nine, the last episode in the single digit category. (laughs) We're getting big. Uh, All right, friends. Today we are going to talk about... 1440. Time management. 1440. Time management, as you can see on the shirt, uh, I think one of the, the first things that we've got to discuss is is why. Why, why does time matter? Why is it, uh, what is its value? And, and why is it important for us to discuss on this podcast? That's loud every time you do that. Okay. Hey. Manners are important too. Okay. <laughs> Manners are important too. So, so the thing that I, the thing that we, we really wanted to dive into is this idea of the finite nature of time, right? It is the, the commodity that is a great equalizer. We all have the same amount of time. The president of an organization to the kid who's going to school to the janitor to the, the person working uh, as a school teacher to the, the working mom, to the, the mom who stays home with the kids and doesn't work, to the dad who, who works a lot, to the dad who, who stays at home with the kids. Either way, we all have the same amount of time. And so we want to discuss that. And, and we want to try to lean into the idea of how to maximize our time. And, and really, first things first, I, I, we want to dispel the idea in and of itself that time can be fully managed. Yeah, I mean, I think to me when I hear those words, time management, it sounds a little cliche, but time is kind of emotional. We right? fill it with things and then it stress it turns into an emotional thing. It turns into a stress or it turns into uh, maybe a jo- maybe a joyful time. But I feel like it's a very emotional topic. Right. Which is strange because it's just minutes. How right. many minutes in a day, honey? 1,440. <laughs> Hence the shirt, 1,440. Yeah. And, and I have wasted, I mean, just pissed on thousands of minutes in my life. I mean, <laughs> thousands. Thousands. It's just, it's one of those things that, uh, it, you know, where and when you make decisions to to get time back uh, it's amazing in terms of the uptick that it has in your life, but but man, sometimes you look back over the years and you go, "Wow, did I, I I just threw away time." And when I when I analyze time, when I say I wasted it, I really mean that I didn't do something productive to to develop a relationship, to develop my health, to develop a skill, right? I didn't take to take care of myself. I mean, there's there's certain areas of time that can be used to compound uh, results of things that matter. And so this directly ties in to our first podcast, which is what's your mission? And and so when we understand what mission we're on, 
we can understand better how to align our time to that mission. And we can also, uh, you know, better understand how to dissect our time and our use of our time so that we can reallocate it more appropriately as we go forward. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that comment right there, I think leads straight to why it's an emotional thing because you say that you wasted it. And so then right there, there's a little sense of guilt. I think we can get away from that element and just continue to move forward and instead say, well, what are our dreams, our goals that we have right now today? And then therefore, how can we spend our time on the things that are actually going to move our dreams and our goals forward? So in what Adrian's talking about, I've been talking about forever since I was 19 years old. I I had a sign that said next. And and I I believe fully in the in, in the reality that, man, we've got to flush it. We got to flush it and go. What's next? The only reason I relate to want to relate to you all that, that I've wasted time is that we, we have to also examine the use of our time. And, and so, for example, fantasy football. OK, again, fantasy football lovers out there. I love you. Keep doing it. Uh, it's probably not a waste of your time. It's probably very fruitful for the relationships in your life. My problem was with fantasy football was I was too competitive and I spent a lot of energy managing my roster and preparing my team for <laughs> battle. And, and so I look for the escape route sometimes on time wasters. I had to um, get into a, an argument with the commissioner of our league. I'm not proud about this, but this, I, I, this is about four years ago. I worked hard to get a trade through that was going to just totally, it was a win-win for me and the guy, and, and we get this trade through, and the commissioner sends out a vote to the entire league, and they freaking veto my trade. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? If we can't trade, if it's not an open trade era where you make moves and you talk about them for three hours on the phone with a guy, and he says yes and you say yes, then I'm out. And I'll tell you what, getting away from fantasy football has been very, very healthy for me. We also took, got rid of our TV a while ago. Yeah, tell them about that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> we got rid of our TV a while ago. Uh, just got rid of cable. And then we didn't have anything for quite a while, except old Friends DVDs. And Sopranos. I was folding and laundry. Sopranos DVDs. <laughs> no, those were on tape. VHS. Oh, VHS. What those two seasons. On. Seasons one and two. <laughs> I've watched them five times. Yeah. But I feel like that created a habit of just not, not just sitting down and wasting time in front of the TV. And yeah. then now we have Netflix and we have, yep. uh, is that one of those things called? Antenna. We antenna. have an antenna. Um, so now we do have an ability to be able to watch a movie or let the kids watch a show once in a while. But... I think that initial, that like four year, probably four year yeah. break or fast yeah. of no cable TV, I think was pretty helpful. Well, and even when we moved in 2015 to this house, uh, it was like the bright idea of me like, hey, you know what? We've grown up now. Let's bring cable TV back to the file household. And so we get the cable box in and, and the guy comes out and sets it up. And I don't know how long it took, but I think it was within a month that I put it back in the box. And, you know, and, and of course, again, look for the escape routes. I'm pretty sure one of our kids was watching Malibu probably was watching a show. And I told her, hey, it was enough show. And she didn't want it to be enough show. And so I said, that's OK. We're just going to go ahead and get rid of 
get rid of this thing and and go back to the way it was and and so you know what's interesting it's seasons like that with time kind of wasters or things that might not be moving us exactly towards our goals within our 1440 minutes that it can be two steps forward and one step back I, I I don't know if it's always just a throw it all away you know I think so often we want the you know that's why we call it a process right uh, I remember when I was in uh, high school Mr. Hill's class junior year U.S. history he used to have a sign that said kill your television and I was like what a jerk like kill your television no way dude I love my television I'm gonna hug my television I'm gonna you know tell my television how much I'm excited for him and you know, these days we've got these really fancy televisions and flat screens and, and et cetera. And so I didn't want to kill my television. But, you know, less than 10 years later, we find ourselves killing our television. Yeah, I mean, that was just one of the things that we had looked at that was wasteful for us. But, okay, there's a few kind of ways to figure out when you're looking at your day what's something that you maybe are spending your time in a way that isn't the best to move you forward for your current goals and dreams, right? To head right. towards your mission. Right. So we should think about, is the item urgent? Right. Important? Right. And significant? Right. Yeah. We, it's urgent, important, significant. And then, and then, and then there's, there's this kind of, the, so the significance that Adrian's uh, talking about, I think is, is probably the newest era or iteration uh, that I think is important to add into our, to our time analysis. So often we, we certainly look at, do I need to do it? And is it important, right? There's certain things that we know uh, we can do at some point in the future. This comes out of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey has his quadrants. And a lot of folks who've read that book probably remember the quadrants. One of the things, though, that Adrian really hits on there, the significance piece, is really how much is leverage am I going to get through this activity in terms of the things that are going to matter. So how long will the activity that I spend my time and energy in last? Yeah, how long does it matter? How long will it matter? And, and so one of the kind of places that we look at on, on even this idea of podcasting is, is we know that this season, as we go continue to go through life and, and talk about our journey of love in the process and, and go on this journey with people, it will be around infinitely. And, and that's both uh, a responsibility, but also an excitement that we get to spend our time and our energy in something that we will be able to look back on uh, into the future. And presumably our kids could as well. And so, we, you know, one of the things that, here's what Jim Rohn said on time. Time is more valuable than money. You, cannot, you can always get more money, but you cannot get more time. I, I, some of the things to really look at when you're even just practically taking a job offer, right? How far away is this place? How much time is the commute going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like how, what's your proximity to your work? And, and I think so often we look at, we look at a lot of stats when it comes to, to accepting a job. Is it the right company? Is it a good fit? Is the pay right? Et cetera. But what, how far am I going to have to drive and what kind of traffic am I going to endure? And, and depending on your personality, that might really be something to consider that, that if I can be closer and, and not, you know, driving in traffic as much, 
that might be a better use of my time. There's no question that risk analysis comes into play too. The more time I'm in traffic, the more opportunities I have to be in wrecks. There's no question about it. Don't drive scared. Don't be scared. Don't not take a job because you're afraid. But these are just real life conversations around why do I choose to do what I do with my time? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a significance element to that as well, though. You know, perhaps you're at a current role and you choose to move farther away. Yep. And so maybe you move farther away because you found a home that's on a lake and it's going to be great for your grandkids. You want a house that is going to work well when your grandkids come over. So maybe it's closer to your grandchildren and they're going to be coming over frequently. They get to ride around. You get to pull them around on the boat, on the lake. And so maybe your significance element ties in there where you say it's currently farther away, but I plan to retire in the next few years and I want to be as close to my grandchildren at that point as possible. And this is the place, this is the house. So I think there's always like an opportunity to be able to look deeper into each of your commitments and understand is, is this something that's really going to make a difference in my life long-term? Absolutely. And, and I, and I think, uh, that idea of significance, one of the things to really to lean into as well, it comes down to these time pressures, right? There's, there can be so many pressures and demands on our time and, and just asking my, asking ourselves, if will this matter and how much will this matter into the future and giving yourself permission to do what I heard on a Ted talk, the guy talked about procrastinate on purpose, right? This idea of, of, of things come into our, you know, our purview in terms of, man, should I act on this? Should I not? Then they kind of hit a, hit a funnel, right? Where I look and I go, man, is this for me to do? Is there a way to automate this process? Is there a way to, to make this happen more efficiently and more effectively? Is there somebody else that should be doing this item? Or at the end of the day, can I eliminate it? And if it's, if it fits into this elimination category, um, eliminate it now, eliminate it quickly. And, and if it doesn't fit in the elimination category, then start to go down that list. Uh, is there somebody else that should be doing it? Is it, is it automatable? Can I get a way for it to be automated? For example, uh, paying bills, you know, if it's going to take me 25 minutes to set up bill payer for a number of my bills, right. That I could have paid in, in, in 10 minutes or five to 10 minutes going online and paying them. But I spent 25 minutes to set up bill payer, you know, how many, you know, 10 times two and a half months and I'm at a break even. So, so this other idea that Adrian's talking about is really return on time invested mm-hmm. is kind of the calculation to understand significance in terms of where we spend our time. Yeah. How do we determine if it's something, if it's something that I actually have to do, is it something that I need to do? Right. I mean, I think we do this well with each other. Yeah. So, okay. We had told a story a couple of episodes ago where John was working on selling or closing on the house that we currently live in. And I had said I was really pregnant and I had said I'd gotten out of bed and my back like gave out on me and I fell to the floor. And that sounds silly and that sounds crazy that I wouldn't have just woken him up. But in that moment, I knew that his resource was being spent the best for our family. And so I didn't want to disrupt that, his ability to be able to 
he's the best person for that role. I knew I had that trust in him that he was the best person for that job. So I needed to make sure that he was continuing and able to do that. Right. So I feel like within like your relationships, you kind of find ways to delegate, find the best person for that job. And then trust, you know, in the next next week, we're going to talk about the speed of trust. And, and I, you know, and and I believe that when you couple these, these concepts that we've talked about in, in, in our lives and, and, and certainly the pain of progressing through them, what Adrian really is alluding to is this idea of, of, of course, you've got to do whatever it takes, right? There is no, there's no task. There is no time spent that is below you, me, any of us in terms of achievement of our mission in terms of the achievement of a goal. However, you have to analyze within your team who is the best at executing on each given task. Russell Wilson could probably play tight end, right? We could move him to tight end. He, he would block the shit out of you. He would do his best and he would give it his all. I believe that, but he's a pretty good quarterback, right? <laughs> he, he's, he's his best use for our football team is to understand read defenses, rally the 10 guys around him, 11 in the huddle, and move the football down the field to the best he can into the end zone and take care of the football. And, and, and we know that about Russ. And so the same thing is true, I think, of, of all of us. It's like if I showed up at the eye doctor when I got my laser eye surgery back in 2010, if I showed up and Dr. Ford was also the guy who checked me in, and he was also the guy who turned on the lights. Hold on, hold on, Mr. File. Let me get the lights on for you, right? I would have been a little <laughs> brought back. But business has, has really looked to find this within business. We've got to take and make understand that our lives have finite time and they're like a business, like you, Inc. We've got to, to spend our time resource the best we can. Yeah, it's not who can do it. It's who should be doing it, who should be working on it, who can be the best person to work on it. And when we're talking about a team, we're talking about within, if you're in a marriage, within your marriage, if you're a single parent, within your family, if you're at work, within your team that you work with, Yeah, there's always going to be somebody that you need to determine and identify who's the best person within that team to be able to accomplish that task. And Maybe it's nobody. So maybe at that point you need to outsource even farther to somebody that's not part of your team yet. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's a progression. Like, like what my challenge to people on this topic is, is not to, to get overwhelmed. Like, like my challenge is to audit your day today. As soon as you get off listening to this podcast or stop the podcast now after I finish telling you what I suggest <laughs> and audit your day and look for something in your day that has not probably been the best use of your time. And if it's eliminate it, eliminate it. If it's somebody else can do it, have somebody else do it. One of the big ones that Apple has even kind of iterated this on our phones is, is how much time is spent on our on our phones and and there's a now there's a calculation for that so that we can understand how much time am I spending in various aspects of the operation of my phone which is in my hand and if it's if it's something that takes place in that space great if it's 
if it's something else, if it's television watched longer than you wanted to. The thing about it is, is if you, it's like money. If you budget money for the best use, use it there. So if, if you, one of the, one of the most powerful things I teach out in 1440 is keep appointments you make with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when you audit your time, if you find that you broke an appointment, I will break appointments with other people ahead of breaking appointments with myself. And let me say why. It's not out of disrespect and it's not, and, and I will do everything I can to recommit and to apologize and to explain, uh, you know, the reason for my absence or whatever. But if I have a conflict of an appointment with myself, I want to keep the appointment with myself because I know that I set that appointment intentionally. I budgeted that appointment intentionally so that I could be most useful to others. And I think so often we get it twisted. We can be very, very good at keeping appointments with everybody else. And frankly, because we care what they think. Because I care what people think of me and my reputation and, and the fact that if I'm late, then it's on me and woe is me and, and then it's the regret and all those things. And so the, I would rather you regret wasting time and, and experience enough pain and that regret to change the habit of your time than to regret missing an appointment with somebody so that you could do something that made total sense for you on this ROTI of significance. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really good. I think it's the 80-20, it's the 80-20 rule, right? That you've got, that we spend. Yeah, the Pareto principle. Pareto. Yeah, Pareto, <laughs> smart guy. <laughs> this average, this kind of averaged out four out of five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like it's the 80, 20 rule, right? That it's just like, if you look in your closet, you're probably wearing, you probably have a, you're probably wearing 20% of your items 80% of the time. Right. So it's the same thing with your day. If that, if that principle right. works as it does everywhere else, then it's the same principle as your day, right? 20% of the activities that you do are equaling 80% of your productivity. Right. So are you able to cut out some of those items that aren't equaling to your productivity that's heading you towards your current dreams and your current current, and current goals. goals and your mission. And, and what you're really hitting on is that time management is not the answer. It's not about time. Self-management is the key. Self-management is the key. You, in order to, to understand the, the principle of 80, 20 and, and to understand that, man, my time is going to matter. I have to manage myself well and that is one of the biggest challenges is that people in myself I, I I've broken many appointments with myself and and I've I've said man I if I execute on this task it's going to get me this time back and then I fail to execute on that task and then I find myself down the line spending a bunch of time on something that if I would have done earlier it would have been taken care of you know who said this really well is John Wooden John Wooden said it this way he said if you don't have time to do it right the first time, when in the world are you going to find time to do it over again? Mm -hmm. Say that again. It, when, if you do not have time to do it right the first time, when in the world are you going to find time to do it over again? And I think it's just the inability for us to, to totally take our, our tasks through this process of, can I eliminate this? Can I automate this? Should somebody else be doing this? And if it's me, 
then do I do it now or do I procrastinate on purpose until it comes back through that funnel mm-hmm. and then maybe by now I, I, I have the courage to eliminate it. And I'm not talking about things that we know we need to do. I'm just talking about the many demands that come upon our time. Well, I mean, anytime you say yes to something, then you're just saying no to something later on. I mean, have you ever noticed when you look at your calendar out in the future when someone's trying to schedule with you, it's like, oh, look at all this time. Yeah. White space, white space. Time for that. And then, oh, weird. I blocked all my time out with all these appointments that I made. And now the time is here and I'm slammed. One of the greatest disciplines, right? To your point, discipline is key. Self-management is key. One of the greatest disciplines of top executives and CEOs is the ability to keep white space in their calendar. The ability to keep white space in their calendar. And that is a discipline because the, the, the pressure and the demand, and you have to be really solid with who you are. You know, it's that Mark, that Mark book that we talked about, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, you know what, is like, I have to know who I am in order to keep white space in my calendar so that I can say yes to the things when the time mm. in a calendar comes up. Yeah, I think sometimes it comes down to, we have this perception that it comes down to money. I mean, which it kind of was with us, right? We, when we first, when we first had our first child, we were trying to figure out, okay, how do I go? How do I go back to work? Yep. And you continue to work, and where are we? What's our daughter going to do? Right? Where do we put our daughter? Right. And so obviously we had to delegate. If I wanted to go back to work, and if he was going to work, we had to delegate out some of that time. But part of that was that we delegated part of it to you, right? You yep. took Malibu to work with you one day a week. Yeah, but remember, remember one of the moves we made, you know, that was that was brutal, was was I I decided to try to make an analysis on time. I, I thought about, well, I'm taking her all the way over to Monica's, which was a really small daycare with like two kids or three, four, four kids with Monica's son. I think it was four kids. And, and it was a great environment and Monica's doing a great job. And I said, man, I'm going to cut time down by dropping her off at the daycare well, she had moved. So Monica had moved. And so she wanted yeah. to move the daycare with her. And yep. so it was going to be in the opposite direction of us going to work. Right. And so for, yeah, for a period of time, we decided, oh, that's too far out of the way. Yep. Let's not do it. So Instead, I'm going to drop. Let's take her to this giant daycare. Yeah. This giant daycare that's got 30 kids and, and Malibu was sick day after day after day. Yeah, and she so, got really sick and she ended up getting a blood infection. Yeah. And I remember very clearly when we were at the doctor, he's he's a great doctor. <laughs> he would like watch her from the from the lobby. Oh, yeah. He'd send he's, us back out to the lobby so that he could watch her in, like in her natural environment kind of when he, she wasn't in the in the waiting room or like in the little doctor's office room with him. He wanted to just watch her. How was she interacting with me? How was she behaving? And the first thing that he said is get her out of that daycare. Yeah. And, 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 and this is, he's got his PhD and his MD, remember? <laughs> they give him a lot of crap because he's got both his PhD and his MD. So they, in the doctor community, he's kind of special. But he, he is understanding both the health and the wellness of our, of our child and also understand that we are professionals and have professional lives and that it's better. It's, it's, and it, but he's right. I mean, I spent tens of hours, you know, with Malibu sick and taking her to the doctor and trying to figure this out. Uh, 
I the the extra fifteen minutes that it was taken to go to Monica's would have been a better use of my time. And it's it's that return on time invested. The understanding, like you said too, like you might drive a little farther. You might actually take more time in the in the front end to get a better result on your time in the long run and your significance in the long run. And so that's really good. Yeah. And I think too, okay. So we, after the second kid, my gift, when I went back to work, my gift to myself was getting a house cleaner. And so we were adding in another person into the family. And so we were deciding, okay, because we're adding in this other person that's adding demands on our time. And so that was something that we were going to take away from our time was to pay for a house cleaner. Right. But there were periods in our life, in our history, where we didn't we have... We had one car. We had one car. We were one we car fam for money. like five years. Yeah, I mean, we, there was periods in our time where we didn't Rolling have the money the to do pool, that. Baby. But Sorry. we did ask for help in other <laughs> ways. Remember, your mom would come over and fold laundry for us for a while. Yeah. Like, there were ways for us to be creative in asking for help in, like, without spending money. Yeah. Um, a- absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we have friends, you know, our friends, um, TC and Jody watched... Malibu one night so that we could have a date night like we would switch switch out on dates uh, with friends I mean I think that there's ways if you need a break and you don't have the money necessarily to pay for that outsourcing I think that there's ways to be creative but I think that is really important in thinking about your time creatively that it's not just around what do I have time to do and what do I have the money to outsource right more how can you be creative resourceful Yeah, how do you be resourceful in your specific use of your time? And I think, you know, there's two things I really want to challenge as we wrap this up, at least from my end. I really want to challenge people on is one that what Adrian's talking about, this this idea of resourcefulness, right? Tony Robbins talks often, you know, uh, when things aren't going our way and, and, and they, and they don't often, right. When thing, I don't get the thing I want to have happen. I can't figure out my way out of this jam. I can't figure out how to fit it up. It's, it's never a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's that we want it. We want the quick fix. We want it fast. We want it the Cliff Notes version. We're in this instant era. We talked about it a few, you know, maybe the first podcast, how, you know, Amazon now, Amazon yesterday is coming. Like we want an answer now or and if we can't get an answer now, then dang it, we're, you know, it's just a lost cause. So be diligent. Let's all be diligent and be resourceful and, and looking for ways to to leverage out the things that need to get done with those people who can help us get them done. And that also comes to what you said, build community and all those things. But one challenge I really have is, is after this podcast, what task, and I will take this challenge, what task can I eliminate? What task can I just drop like the mic, like a bad habit? Like what task can I eliminate? And then the challenge exercise like Malibu in school so that's just the that's just the table stakes. Let's let's all audit our calendar and look for man something that needs to be something eliminated. to eliminate. Okay, because that just gives you time back. The second one to look for is time. Spend some time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. If there automation, are, if there are things that you could automate, outsource, offload, so that they get accomplished. And you spend some time on that today so that you can get time tomorrow, 
those are really where where I would love us to take a look. And in our business, I can tell you, and in Adrian's work for sure, she spends a lot of her energy looking for places where we can spend time on things today that give us time back tomorrow. Because it is the old adage in business for sure. Time is money. Yeah, I mean, okay, and I gotta I gotta do a couple I gotta do a couple of reminders. Okay, so one thing for email. I've been doing this for years and it has been and it has worked well and I learned it from a friend at work but it's the four D's of your email you didn't learn that from me no I didn't I actually learned it from Jenny Snow she might have learned it from me I don't think so okay hey because I have five D's and I'm going to give you the fifth D here in a minute so let's go and it comes from inbox zero okay when you get your email you either when you look at it you either do it like process that email immediately do it you either delete it so you don't need it she so you move it from your email get down to email zero right you delete it you either delegate it so you send it to somebody that can actually take action Jimmy! On, that, on that item john i can send it to john i do that i do that to i just Adrian a lot. i just sent one to him print this please yeah and you yeah. know and we're gonna talk about speed of trust man adrian <laughs> is quick i want to say something on do it I want to say something on Delegate real quick. I sent something to Adrian. Now it wasn't by email. She's going to finish email. I, and we were headed to Haiti and uh, I wanted to send a guy on our trip some money. And uh, so I text her and I said, watch this. This is going to be a little team exercise. This is, this is really a kudos to Adrian. She happened to have her phone by her. But I go, watch the speed of this. This is on the fly. We're sitting in the airport in SeaTac. I said, can you please send Chris a hundred dollars via Venmo. So Adrian has I didn't our, know it was a test. So it, 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 she didn't even know. <laughs> and so it's, it's our it's our personal Venmo account. But I'm just giving real time examples. So it's our personal Venmo account. I, I have a company Venmo, so she handles anything personal. So hundred bucks to Chris. She I go watch this. Let's see what she says. Before my phone vibrates, Chris's phone vibrates thirty seven seconds later, money's received. Okay. She hasn't said anything to me. Okay. Then she, this is efficiency. Then she texts me back. Done. All in a minute. I have the string and I go, man, that is a lesson in, in how to fly down the field and how to have a great deal of trust. Sorry. So delegate it. Okay. And then the last one is date it. And so this is like, Schedule a time to actually get this activity done. So if it's an email that needs to be processed, you actually need to take action on it, then actually schedule a time to get some to get it done. Jenny's fourth D is better than mine. Oh. Yep. I say defer it. Calendar it. I like date it. I'm gonna change mine. <laughs> Tell Jenny I said thanks. That's awesome. I will. Date it. And then the fifty, you want the fifty? Yeah. Dominate it. <laughs> Don't let email dominate you. Okay, be the hammer, don't be the nail. Email wants to just freaking dominate our world. Dominate your email. We yeah, go, I mean, a great habit to get into is email zero. We go you, inbox you zero. You do that. Well, our team does, and I'm, I'm hit and miss. Uh, I have for years been inbox zero. The more things that I'm trying to leverage my time into have caused me to be more of a, um, a batcher of email. But here's, here's the thing on dominate it. This is... This, this trick right here, if, if email is like, and I don't know, man, my email's chewing me apart, I don't know. Inbox zero, yes, that's the goal. Get the little smiley face. Dominate it by turning your email upside down. 
you can do this certainly in Microsoft Outlook. I, I don't know Gmail well enough, but I'm confident they're smart enough over there. They've got this capability. Have your email start at the top, be the oldest item. The oldest item at the very top of your email. And it gives you power because you execute on the oldest item, the thing that you didn't want to do, the thing that's been sitting around in your little queue deal. And give yourself a limit on those, right? And give yourself a limit at the top, three or whatever. So there might be those ones that we just talked about. Man, eliminate it, automate it, delegate it. Should I do this? Should I do it? But you're, like you said, when, yeah. if, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to procrastinate on purpose, I need to date it. But if you take email, we call it bottom up hmm. and, and man for man, I'm telling you, our people win and yeah, they win well. That's good. So uh, okay, that's other, my dominated. Okay. The other thing is don't check your email first thing in the morning. Totally. So schedule a time that you're going that's to check your email dominated. so that people know that, okay, by this time, this, this person is going to read it. But if you're checking your email first thing in the morning, then that means that you're letting other people dictate the importance of your day and what's important. So yeah. there's, you know, there's a balance here because if you have team members that report to you, they may have urgent matters that come up and that they need you. But as they get into this habit, if they really need you, guess what? They can call you. Get a hold. <laughs> totally. Get they a hold of the you. day. Which is, they, right? Go ahead. So yeah. it's important to make sure that whatever the important thing on your day is, schedule email for later in your day. You the studies have shown that you are the most productive early in the mor- earlier in the yep. morning. And so if you can get the stuff, all of the important things that you need to get done, if you can schedule things, those things for earlier in the day, then you've got the rest of your day to respond to other people and to help them. So good. Get a hold of your day before the day gets a hold of you. So good. Take the day. Either you run the day or the day runs you. And the last thing, you just gave me one more thought though there. I believe we'd be remiss and we, we will do another 1440 and, and I wear a shirt that says 1440 so that we can all have this, this just vigilance around time, right? Jim talked a couple of podcasts ago about, man, I got, you know, shy 20,000 days left, right? If I live to be 100. So, so just that realization should allow us to be vigilant. In fact, man, none of us are getting out of here alive and tomorrow's not guaranteed. So let's win today. You know, let's really stay in the day and win today. But that morning routine, uh, highly successful people, it is proven time and time and time again. They, they're all different. It, it's like, it, what's the best version of the Bible? I, I don't know, the one you read, right? Like, it, what's the best morning routine? I, I don't necessarily know. The one that you do. The one you do. The one you execute <laughs> on. So one of the things that I, I really... Uh, really believe that we've talked about one other time, I believe, is this MIT list, which is a most important tasks list. And when I coach people, and if I, I'll just know, I know this for a fact, if somebody does an MIT list 21 days in a row, when I'm coaching them, 21 days in a row, they do an MIT list, they can accomplish just about anything they set out to into the future. And I've watched it time and time and time again. I've watched people not be able to do that. But MIT, that's three to seven things that regardless of what happens through the day, I'm going to accomplish these tasks. And now you have to have that mentality that whatever it takes, I'm going to find a way. Might mean I'm going to have to give up sleep. Might mean I'm going to have to wake up earlier than I wanted to. Might mean I'm going to have to cancel with a buddy who I was going to go watch the game with. Might mean I'm going to have to not make that, you know, watch that show that's coming on at eight o'clock. But whatever it is, get it done. Most important tasks. Good. Okay. All right. Let's jump, in, jump into our top four. Let's. All right. What is the quote of the week? So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jim Rohn. I mentioned it already. 
either you run the day or the day runs you. Either you run the day or the day runs you. Good. Kid quote. Okay, kid quote of the week. This comes from Malibu. So we had talked last week. I can't remember. We had talked last week about um, just her, our struggles with getting homework done. Um, and since then, she just has taken ownership on getting her homework done. And she's just so, she's so thoughtful and creative and so sweet. So the thing that she had said to me was that, um, mom, sometimes we just have to do stuff. Sometimes you just have to do stuff that you don't want to do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. So good. So. Everybody out there, if you have to do something that you don't want to do, don't forget. Sometimes you just have to do stuff that you don't want to do. Amen. 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 So good. So good. All right. What is something you are loving? You know, I'm loving this uh, season where I, I'm back from Haiti and I'm getting to kind of take. It was a cultural, you know, if you've ever been abroad, it's uh, especially a country like Haiti that this resources wise is so um they don't have much and they're kind of, they're off the grid. And so to take the lens of that and, and look at our lives here and, and one, be grateful for those things that we have, but two, really uh, lean into the possibilities of community like they had in Haiti. Mm -hmm. They really had just this great sense of open-handed community that uh, again was humbling to me. And then I'm hopeful for, uh, continuing to bring into our world and this community right here. I, I'm grateful for <laughs> this community right here. I'm grateful for Tyler back there and Jeremy over here and, and Riley and Derek who helped with the love, the process studio. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm grateful for, um, the community that we're starting to build. I had a great conversation with, with Mikey, uh, today while he was driving his son, Caleb along. I'm going to have to do the love, the process ride along. And so anyway, I'm grateful for that. Nice. Um, okay, I am loving date night. We got to have a date night. My parents have been, my parents bought a condo next door, which is awesome. Hashtag so, praise the Lord. <laughs> sounds crazy. Some people might yeah. not be as thrilled, but we're pretty excited about it. It's fun. <laughs> now we got all our so family in town. Yeah. My mom's coming too. My mom's coming That's in March. Right. Let's go. That's right. Everyone's moving Local. Local. Uh, so they don't actually live there yet, but they've been over there more frequently lately, but they don't have anything there, which means they're here a lot. So one of the gifts that they gave us since they're here eating our food a lot is they gave us a date night. So we had a date night the other night and it was awesome. Yeah. Do you Free want to sitter. Tell them what we did. We went to dinner. Yep. We got one of those Chinese foot reflexologies. If you have not had one of those, no brainer. <laughs> no, no brainer. Check brainer. it out. There's a song. But that's what I think about foot massages. So okay. No and something you are learning. Something I'm learning. I'm learning that teamwork is everything. I'm, more, I'm learning that, um, that you, I, I, it's, the idea of teamwork has always uh, been something that I've studied. You know, I was an only child. Uh, when you're an only child, you're either loyal or lonely. And so I chose loyal. And then you also, at least from my perspective and my vantage, was I, I tried to find ways to uh, build teamwork and, and, and tried to find ways over time to, to empower people. And so learning teamwork um, 
and I'm learning that teamwork is anything great is going to take a team. That's actually mine. <laughs> is it really? So teamwork. say more. Let's go. We do not. <laughs> hey, we obviously do not compare notes before we get on here. Yeah, I have a new team I'm working with at work, and they're just legit. And it's been really fun to work with them, and it just reminds me how fun working in a team can be and how important just good teamwork is, and it's been really fun. So I'm being reminded of that on a daily basis when I go to work. That's awesome. One one thing I want to say real quick is we've had a few gratitude challenges completed. Ah, and, fun. And the shirts are going to be in later this week. And so they're going to start shipping out. It is not too late to start the gratitude challenge. The gratitude challenge is or the, to submit it if or you've to done. submit it if you've done it. It is not too late to start either. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. Twenty-two days in a row. Three things that we're grateful for and why. Unique things. So three unique things. Sixty-six things total in twenty-two days, which twenty-two is also our wedding anniversary date. So that's why we chose that. <laughs> so good. All right. Have a great week. Have thanks, a great friends. week. 1440. Thanks for being with us. Special thanks to our production crew, Fireland Filmworks, and our photographer, the Morgan Taylor. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe, share, comment, and follow along on our journey of loving the process. Let's go.